This week's episode of the Fat Packs Podcast is brought to you by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, and all our phone guests appear on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline. We are back. I am Eric. He is Paul. We are Run EMP, and this is the Fat Packs Podcast brought to you by the Collectible Card Club and Monster Breaks. Also, Spotty Hawk on those uh, phone interviews on the Spotty Hawk Cash Hotline. What's up, Paul? Saw, dude. Saw, man. How are you doing this morning? Chill, man. Real it's, chill. Today. It's real. It's not as early as, we, as it usually is. No, it's not. But <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to be in here right now. Uh, it's a whole mess of a world out there. It is, man. Like there's just there's holes. There's there, holes. Yeah. There, there's doors that aren't there anymore. Yeah. There's be, there's new doors being. There's a lot of construction going on here in the Beckett headquarters, and uh, and the dust. And there's dust everywhere. everywhere. Emails don't work. Emails don't work, man. It's a uh, it's good times. Yeah, it's a good times. So we're uh, we're. We're hanging out in the studio in the, the comfort of the Fat Pack Studio. And we might be here till three. <laughs> yeah, we might just hang out till three. <laughs> See what happens. Shoot the See, longest podcast just ever. The, yeah, just record the longest podcast in the history of, of the Fat Packs. There you go. Which some of those shows from the industry summit last year in the national last year, those were pretty long. They so, were. They uh, were. We might have some some work on our hands. But uh, speaking of work. What's up with new products, man? Man, we got a um, got a couple things this week, but again, you know, I've been talking, kind of talking about it a little bit. There's been a few delays or whatever, but um, there's some really, really hot stuff coming the next couple of weeks. But not to take away from tomorrow, uh, 2018 Panini Contenders Draft Picks Football Drops. That's a fun product. I remember okay. that from last year. It was good stuff. You get six packs, 18 cards per pack, six autos. I like it. I yeah, like it. I like the fact that you get an auto per pack. Uh, keeps it interesting. Uh, One twenty a box. Go get you some uh, some new guys. Can I st- stop you right there? Yeah, man, stop away. I saw a different kind of break that Monster Breaks was doing where they did the letter breaks. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I liked that. Yeah, because yeah, what else do you do? You don't know what team they're on. You can't right. really do college. Right, it gets too complicated. So, right. Yeah, they do a letter. Love I it. like that. That's cool. Yeah, it's good stuff. Um, also, uh, drops tomorrow, uh, 2018 Sage Hit High Series. Okay. So, uh, you know, they put out their, their first series, and then they'll hit the rest of the guys that they missed in the in the first series. In this series, uh, 20 packs, 6 cards per pack, 12 autos. Again, 12 autos. 12 autos, okay. 95 a box. All right. So not bad. Not bad at all. I remember last year being S&P. Okay. Over in Grapevine, and there's a bunch of regulars over there. They're high end guys, you know. They uh, bring yeah, a lot of high yeah, end stuff, yeah. and they laughed at me because I told them we had broke Sage Hit, and it wasn't that bad, right? 
And it really wasn't. Last it year, was, no, it, it, we was did good. it was fun we to did break. Good. But they were laughing at me as they're, as they're breaking select and stuff like that. And I'm like, hey, sleep on it if you want to. But yeah. for 12 autos at 95 bucks, yeah, I'll take that all day. <laughs> exactly. Absolutely. All right. For all you, uh, your soccer, the other football fans the other out football. there, 2017-18 uh, Tops uh, Chrome UEFA Champions League also dropped this week. Um, 18 packs, four cards per pack. One auto per box and only sixty bucks. And okay. I say only because the autograph checklist. Yeah. Neymar, Messi, and some guy named Ronaldo. So got a sixty dollars shot at getting one of those guys is pretty cool. And they're banging looking, man. Yeah. I looked them up, man. They are they are some sharp looking cards this year. So get your tops chrome soccer. And then I got one from the non-sports world. All right, what do you got? Uh, drops tomorrow, 2018 Upper Deck Marvel Annual Trading Card Box. Okay. Um, basically, it's 20 packs, five cards. It's all your favorite Marvel people. Sure. That are our characters that are out there. Uh, you get one sketch or manufactured patch per box, and they are running right around uh, 60 to $70 a box okay. for that. All right. Okay. So that's what you're looking at um, next week. Save your money, too. Make sure you save a few dollars for uh, maybe Bowman Baseball, Prism Soccer, and then National Treasures Basketball in two weeks. So that's where we're at. So Treasures Basketball, you mentioned last week, got pushed back. So it's two weeks from today. It'll be May 2nd, yeah. So May 2nd. Two, two weeks from today. All right. Cool. All yes, right. Indeed. That's not bad, I guess. Uh, I have no new pricing to give you. No, I think it's just the, the office been a little disarray um, and whatever. So and there hasn't been a ton of products been pumped out lately. So. Sure. We're, um, I think we're just chilling right now, trying to catch up on old stuff. And, uh, yeah, we'll have some more next week. We'll have some more next week, definitely. So uh, what else is going on then since we, we, got another, we got another eight minutes to fill? <laughs> <laughs> we do. I mean, I was, um, you, know, we, we, you know, passing a Barbara Bush has been a little bit of a rough week, man. I don't know about, about you, but she was definitely one of my, uh, my favorite ladies living close to D.C. my whole life. Um, when she was in office there, that was, you know, she was a good lady. She, Good stuff, man. She obviously is. She was my first first lady. I was a little too young for Nancy Reagan. Yeah, the one that you actually really yeah, remember. Yeah, she was going on first. Yeah. To remember. Yeah, and uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't. I don't think I've ever heard any, anybody say anything bad about her. No, not at all. I know this is an odd spot to be talking politics, but uh, I think what was the most telling about her passing yesterday was if you heard W speak about her, mm -hmm. he was completely at peace about it. Oh yeah. And Absolutely. he said he was at peace because she was at peace. Right. And that's a that's a comforting thing to know. 73 years they were married. Yeah, that's crazy. That is insane. That's crazy. That's insane. I didn't make it five my first marriage. Let alone 73. 73. Yeah. Insane. Um, but the sports world, man, it's exciting right now, though, man. We got the you know NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Baseball's really starting to get. You know, get going. Right. You know, we're starting to see the pitchers go through the second and third time now. So, um, that's yeah, an exciting time. Otani, he's just been pretty lights out so he, far. He right? has I been, mean, man. I mean, everybody's giving him a hard time about that Red Sox game. But you know what? It's the freaking Red Sox, and they, they're they like the best record in the major league. Right. So, okay, so he got lit up by a good team. You know, what else? You know, give me something else. Like, you know, like he was, he just had such a subpar performance in, um, Training, you know, in the in the in the spring training stuff, sure. he came out and it was almost like he was toying with you in the spring training. You know, he came right. out, and I really think what we saw those first couple starts and those first couple of bats is really what you're going to see, uh, hopefully, the rest of the year. And you brought up uh, the Golden Knights, man. Jeez, 
yeah. the hockey playoffs. Yep. Golden Knights sweep the Kings in the first series. All behind Wakanda Flores goaltending too. Yeah. He's light. I mean, for, first of all, they made history. Yes, by being the first expansion team to sweep a series. A lot of GMs are going to have a lot of answering to do. I said that last <laughs> week, but it, it, it continues to hold true. Yes, indeed. I think. See the so we're working on, what is it? So we're op- we're working on the June issue of hockey right mm-hmm. now. You are. I think this is the first time in like four months that a Golden Knight's not going to be on the cover of the, wow. of the magazine. That's impressive. Yeah. And, it, and it probably should be now. And it probably should be now. Uh, if they win it all, though, watch out for July, right? Yeah. Jeez, man, they've they're just amazing to watch. It's they're a fun team to watch. Your your Capitals are just getting oh, they're dismal. Yeah, they're dismal. It's it's capital playoffs. Yeah, it's playoff. It's it's the way they do things. So let's uh you know let's run up a you know second third top five record in the league and then go out and you know no I'm not taking anything away from the the Blue Jackets but this is this is capital playoff hockey. This is capital so playoff hockey. So that's question. We're we're kind of derailed anyway. So with the excitement of the Golden Knights, yeah, do you think that is going to help the Raiders? When they move, uh, you know how they were kind of like, eh, I don't know if, if Vegas is going to be able to handle that. But with that excitement around a team that's playing well and in the playoffs, like, I think that's going to help the fandom out there. I don't know that it will because the Golden Knights are uniquely Las Vegas's. They're, okay. you know, they were, I know they're only a season old, but they were born and bred in Las Vegas. That's, right, right. That's their team. Uh, the Raiders are, um, they're, trans, they're transplants now. Okay. All right. I'm not saying that they won't be popular, but right. I think that for Vegas guys, for, for people who are from Vegas and who live in Vegas, okay. they can rest their hats on the Knights being uniquely gold Las Vegas. Okay. All right. That I, makes sense. I can be done with that. Yeah. Can be done with that. I mean, I'm sure that I mean, it's the NFL. It's going to work, right? It should work. Yeah. And, and the, the amount of people that are going to travel to Las Vegas to see an NFL game now is going to give you a great excuse to uh, yeah. <laughs> to go to Vegas probably sure on like is. Friday night Saturday and uh, leave late Sunday night. It really really is. Yes, All right. Indeed. Uh let's let's set up the show. Set it up. We're going to uh play our interview with Ryan McMahon of the Colorado Rockies. Yes, indeed. Uh this what a, what a pleasure to talk to this guy, man. He was Dude, He's so good. Yeah, he was. He really is, man. And just you know, I, I watched him play a few times or whatever on uh, some minor league games and stuff, and he's just really good. He really is. Uh, he is struggling a little bit right now in the bigs, but he's finding his way. He will. He will be fine. He's finding his. Way. In fact, uh, yesterday when we were talking about this, he had a a point a point zero nine seven average. I think so. Yeah. Now like he's that. at one one eight. So there you go. <laughs> so he's he up a, a little bit. Last night. All right. Good deal. Um, he's he's got thirty four at bats, one run, four hits. So he's got he's got some uh, some woes at the plate, but I'm confident in this kid that he's going to be able to uh, to turn that around. He's he's good in the field. He's I mean he's good enough that the Rockies found a place to put him. Exactly. You absolutely. Know? Yeah. So absolutely, and uh, I'm excited to see what he can do the rest of the year for sure. Definitely uh, excited about that. So that's uh, going to be our first interview, and then we're going to continue our super 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 collector series. With one Mr. Andrew K, this guy, I don't, I don't know how to explain this. He's the he, S. Yeah, he's the S. He's the S in the super collector. He carries a six foot S around with him everywhere he goes, and um, this is a really cool story. So he, this is, think about it from from this perspective. He is a super collector in that he he collects 
autographs of a very specific nature. And lots of them. And lots of them. So he's got this S from the from the once beloved Philly Spectrum. He he won the S in an auction and he carries this around to uh concerts and 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 it's different venues, different yeah. fun- venues and functions, and gets people who performed or played there to sign the said S. It's a really cool story. It is, man. He's it's got some cool stories about the people. Exactly. And um, so, yeah, it's cool. That's coming up. That's gonna be awesome. It's a yeah. It's just a it's a it's a story you got to hear, and uh, that's why we're bringing it to you here on our Super Collector series, and it works well uh, because it is the S. It's the super and the S. The S and the it super, is. right? It is absolutely. All right, guys. Uh, that's our first segment. We're gonna come back on the other side of this little break here with Ryan McMahon of the Colorado Rockies. Thanks to Panini. Yes, indeed. Uh, out there at the spring training event, and thanks to AZ Sports Cards for helping us get out there as well. Indeed. All right, guys, hang tight. We'll be back with Colorado Rockies third baseman Ryan McMahon. This is Michael from the clubhouse. You're listening to Beckett Radio. There you have it. All right, Paul, we're back from that quick break, and uh, joining us right now is a guy that is legit. Totally you, you were telling me how legit this dude was. He is good. You were showing me his cards that are already out there in the market. He's got a bunch of them out there already. And uh, I would say he's legit. Yeah, for sure. Ryan McMahon of the Rockies. Uh, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you so much no for problem, coming man. on. Yeah, You've been here for a while signing. How many autographs did you sign? You know? um, enough. Enough? enough. Man, I've been here for a long time. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know the exact number, but I'll tell you what. Before... Before they told me coming in how many I had to sign, it didn't seem like that many. Right. Get here and, ooh, How's your hand feel? Like, it's tough. Like, no one up, does that, right? No one up. signs anymore. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cursive. Not that much. Yeah. That's true. Uh, awesome. Have so, purple tunnel at 23. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ryan is yet another guy that was drafted right out of high school. Yep, high school and uh, so his experience is a little bit different than the college isn't there. But we were just talking off air about how, how fast the game is from, from high school to, to now in the in, you know, with the big league. Big league club, so Ryan, explain to the to our listeners how fast is it? Yeah, I mean, we were just talking about coming out of high school, having no idea what's going on. Sure, to, uh, you know, I've, this is my fifth spring train now, so you know, I have a better idea of what's going on and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, when you first come in, man, it's you you have no idea. You think you'd be in the big leagues next year, right? Next day or whatever, and it's just you know, you, you learn a lot over your five years. Mm. That's awesome, man. So like. Um, Man, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I like I've actually watched you play a couple times too. Oh, so yeah? it's been really cool. Where at? Yeah, just on just on just catching highlights and stuff oh, like gotcha, that. Okay. So it's been pretty pretty cool. So I'm a little little starstruck. You're a little starstruck <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, it's all right. A little bit. Now uh, I used to live in Denver for a while. I lived. I grew. Uh, I didn't grow up in Denver, but I, my formative years as a young man, I was in Denver. So I'm familiar with Coors Field. I'm familiar yeah. with how the ball carries there. I'm familiar with you know the dimensions of the park. And it, man, it's a hitter's paradise. And you're a hitter, bro. So uh, how do you think you're going to feel when you get up there in Coors Field on a regular basis? You yeah, just going to knock the cover off of it? I don't know. Who knows, man? It's still baseball. It's still hard yeah. to hit that little white ball. But uh, yeah, no, I got up there uh, for September and stuff like that. And I mean, BP was a lot of fun, that's for sure. But sure. Uh, you get in the game, Kershaw's still Kershaw, things right. like that and stuff. <laughs> so still got short enough, hit the ball. But, uh, yeah, no, it'll be fun. You know, it's it's good good atmosphere, good fans. So, uh, yeah, it's a cool place. Who's the toughest fit pitcher you faced so far? Uh, another guy we had here, uh, Walker Bueller. Oh, yeah. 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 He was pumping like 100 with a hammer curveball. Oh, my and I was God. Just like, yeah. Oh, this is smokes this, the ball. This is cool, yeah. yeah. So, 
that <laughs> that honestly that was probably the toughest guy to face. So yeah. Far. What about have you have you faced Clayton? You, you brought up Clayton, so he's a Dallas guy. So no, I haven't faced him yet. Okay, no, all right. No. That's, well, good luck. Let you know what happens. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome. So you're playing great this spring. You have a real shot at making the team. Uh, hopefully, when we're going to see you there. So. Um, as a Rockies semi guy, don't tell nobody I'm a Rockies fan. Don't no, don't, don't tell nobody, Paul. No man, I thought you were an M's fan. I, I'm, you know, I, I worked for the M's, so okay. I, I, I got a, I got a connection there. But you know, my formative years were in Denver, so uh, I'm a little bit of a Rockies fan. <laughs> <laughs> I was just telling you the story that I joined the army at Coors Field. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, you know, that place is it's, it's kind of special, and especially in the last few seasons, they've really turned it on. Um, made the playoffs last year. I understand what happened, but you know, yeah. uh, describe baseball fans with your experience there in Denver. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, obviously, the last couple of years, team's been really strong. You know, in a good spot. Um, you know, and, and we finally got a taste of those playoffs again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, the buzz around the or, the whole organization is, is pretty special right now. We're just we're just hoping to play good ball and, and be in a spot to make a push to you know get back in yeah. that crazy. That, I mean, that craze that is the playoffs. Yeah. Because anything can happen once you get there. So Exactly. Exactly. Been, yeah, it's been played out the last couple of years, man. Just any, yeah. anything can happen at all. Yeah. So, all right, we're a collectibles podcast. Let's take it back just a little bit. All right. So did you collect cards as a kid? I did. I did. Um, you know, I probably stopped around like 10. I had Pokemon, baseball. You know, I, okay. I had it all. But, nice. Uh, my favorite card, I had a Sean Green rookie card. Oh, again, again. <laughs> somebody else had that. Yeah, oh, that was my favorite player growing up. I, I tried to swing like him still, but uh, yeah, no. Sean Green signed rookie card. Actually, it's funny. It's funny how I got it. Um, Bob Gritch happened to be my next door neighbor. Bob okay. Gritch who played with the the Angels. Yep. Um, yeah, and he gave it to me for like my like fifth or sixth birthday. So very nice. Yeah, I don't that's know how he got it, but it ended up in my possession. <laughs> that's so cool. That's nuts, man. This is legit. You're the third person that's mentioned Sean Green. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And that is just Dude, nuts. Those were those seasons. I mean, when I was that age, he was hitting forty a year. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. He was killing the ball. He was throwing some stuff hey, out there without yeah. steroids. Yeah, without <laughs> steroids. <laughs> you know, without he's very underrated. I mean, he's. Oh yeah, for sure. He, yeah. he sh- you're right. He's hitting forty a year. He should be in in the discussion of you know best baseball player or you know top baseball players in the '90s in, into the 2000s, and yep. it's, it's yeah, just a name that, that doesn't get that doesn't get mentioned a lot. But a legit, lot of good players. In the yeah, 90s, there, right? there are. I understand <laughs> that, but he was he was legit on top of his game. Yeah, he brought his best to the park every day. And yeah, so you know that's enough about Sean Green. <laughs> that's cool. All right, so have you um, had the opportunity to pull one of your own cards yet? Opening packs? Or no, anything? not yet. Not, not yet. yet. No, I haven't. I haven't gotten to experience that yet. Okay. That's cool. Any of your uh, family members? Yeah, um, got that experience. My mom's aunt, who is like a second grandmother to me. Okay. Uh, she, yeah, her and I think my grandparents went down to a card shop one day. Spent spent a little bit too much money trying to find one of my cards when I right. probably could have just given them one. Yeah, but, uh, right. But yeah, no, she she did pull one out. That's awesome. So Aunt Mary, if you if you can hear this, that's for you. There you go. Awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Good so. Deal. Have you have you been to an event like this before where there everything's laid out for you? Panini's done a great job here the last two nights, and you said you'll be back tomorrow. Yeah. So, but have you done something like this before? Um, I haven't done anything like this, like where you know you guys are here and other other things like that. But yeah. uh, you know, Panini has had other signings here, you know, yeah. uh, the last couple of years. But I felt like they were always super super low key. Yeah. But uh, you know, this is this is a pretty cool setup. I mean, we're in a good spot out here. Yeah. This yeah, is beautiful. Sure, is, first yeah, of all, great facility. You were talking about how much recreational stuff that, yeah. that's here people have to work here that's kind of sucky for them yeah you <laughs> don't want to work when you're out in Scottsdale <laughs> no, you get, no, man, we you came into town and there, we could have 
we didn't even need to go to spring training. There's a thousand other things going on this yeah, weekend man, here. There's so much stuff. Like and and that's like throughout the whole year. Like not not just when spring training's here. Yeah, when spring training's here though. It gets crazy. Yeah, it, it was a little. We were when we got off the plane early on Sunday morning, coming in from Dallas, and as we were exiting the airport, the people in line to get back into the airport was mind-boggling. <laughs> yes. yeah. so many we're like, God, I don't want to do this on, uh, on, yeah. on Wednesday when we leave, but yeah. this is ridiculous. Oh, you just drop off a swag bag. Thanks, Andrew. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to look through it yet. All right. cool. I think we need to hook you guys we'll up. see what man. they threw in there. There you go. So, uh, my LCS, LCS is local card shop, uh, is actually in Aurora, Colorado, just outside of Denver, my stadium sports cards. I'm telling you, when you get up to Denver on a regular basis, you got to go over and see Mike. Tell him Eric and the Fat Pack sent you. We'll hook you up, bro. Okay. We'll hook you up. It's, oh, it's I'll a, go check it out. It's a good place to go have fun at. Uh, I, I've been shopping there since I was 19. Yeah. So um, have a lot of good fun memories there. And he has a lot of he does a lot of good things with the Rockies and the Broncos. He's also a security he Broncos stuff. Yeah. That'd be he's, sweet. he's also a security. He works for Argus Security as well. For he's been working there for how long? Like 20 years. Long time. And he's like. Like, so if you ever watch a Nuggets game, and during the timeout, the guys come out in the suit onto the court. That's him. That's him. That's him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> cool. No, I do have a question, though. Okay. Ryan's going to need to know, do they have Pokemon cards there? They do have Pokemon yeah. cards. <laughs> I, just want, I just want Charizard, man. Maybe a Pikachu. A little Charizard, yeah. a little Pikachu yeah. action. You still awesome. have your cards, or did, did Mama throw them away? Uh, I think she threw them away. She we moved away. We moved a bunch when I was a kid, so uh, okay. I think in a move or two, they got lost. But they Yeah. Got lost. Okay. Um, you know it happens. Right. It you happens. Get them back one day. Maybe you have kids. You can go find them. Yeah. There you go. Do you collect anything now, like like gamers or, or balls or anything like that? No, I don't collect too much. But uh, yeah, no, I just I just don't collect too much. Okay. I, honestly, I just I roll through so much stuff. Sure. All the time. So yeah, I, I end up losing it most of the <laughs> yeah, time. Right. To be honest, if I'm going to be honest. That's right. So um, we'll let you go if you tell us the story. You were just telling a Todd Helton story off air. Would you yeah. mind running that back for us? Yeah, okay. So uh, <laughs> I got drafted in the year 2013, and, uh, you know, I went and signed in Denver or whatever. They bring me down on the field for BP just to kind of watch, stand back there. So I'm standing with Bill Schmidt, the guy who drafted me. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Todd Helton kind of was eyeballing Bill Schmidt and then kind of looked at me, kind of put his head down, walked over to <laughs> Schmidt, and he's like, Schmidt, what are we doing drafting relief pitchers so high? And I, I'm just kind of standing there. I'm like, well, I'm a third baseman, so what does he mean by that? And so kind of hit me. I was like, oh, he's dissing Bill Schmidt because right. I'm some skinny kid, you know, whatever. Right. But, uh, yeah, that was that was my first interaction with Todd Helton. Todd is a – That's awesome. He, he I, don't, I don't think he would even remember it. He wouldn't even know. It was probably just another day for him. He right. could be a red ass sometimes if he needed to be, but I don't, I don't know. He was uh, He was always a great Rocky. I just remember that. Yeah. I mean, you guys got – a real history there of you know the um the bombers man yeah Bouchette and larry yeah. walker and Castillo. yeah, yeah. And, uh, so you guys got a, a big a big name to live up to but you got you guys got the right guys on the roster and like you were saying earlier you have young veterans you have a team that yeah. a core nucleus there that you can really build off of and i think you guys are going to be successful for a while and i'm looking forward to watching you play yeah, man. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully we go out there and do some things this year. Yeah. Sounds good, man. Awesome. All right, man. We're going to let you out of here. Thank you for joining us. We yes, really appreciate absolutely. it. Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, go Rockies. Yeah, go Rockies. All right. Thanks, yeah, buddy. Right. Good stuff. What's going on? It's Troy Hughes from 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, and you are listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out after that quick break. And now we are going to go to uh, – Number three in our series of super collectors. This one's a little different, but I thought it was unique, 
and it's definitely a twist on the Super Collector. I think it puts the S in Super Collector. It, do, it definitely puts the S in the Super Collector. Joining us on the phone right now is Andrew K., not Andrew Shaw, to talk about the Philly Spectrum S. What is up, Andrew? Hey, Eric and Paul. Thank you guys uh, for inviting me on. Really excited to uh, share the project I have going on. Man, uh, we are excited that you're here. Again, I want to apologize. I apologized to you yesterday on Twitter, but uh, I, I called you Andrew Shaw, and I'm sorry. I, again, I was looking at Andrew Shaw and the pricing, <laughs> and I typed your name in his column and his in his name in, in the tweet that I sent out. So I apologize about that. It's all good. Even though I'm a big Flyers fan, I will uh, I'll forgive you. <laughs> we, Paul, we've been running heavy with Philly guy lately, man. We have, it's, man. It's been a lot of Philadelphia stuff, man. Sure. Must be that whole, like, hey, we want a Super Bowl, so yeah. now everybody's cool from Philly. That's, that that's true. Gotcha. So, so, Good we, deal. We weren't cool before. Oh, you were you were completely awesome before, but you're talking to you're talking to guys in Dallas, and one of them's a Redskins fan. the The Philly love oh is not God. exactly around here. You know what I'm saying? Good thing you didn't tell me. <laughs> oh, and you cut out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Andrew, tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been in the in the hobby. Andrew Kay, uh, like he said, I grew up uh, right outside of Philadelphia, so a huge Philadelphia sports fan. Um, you know, when I was younger, I was really big in the hobby. I mean, like everyone else, always had a huge, uh, you know, baseball card, sports card collection, um, and, you know, also just memorabilia. You know, anytime I could meet a, you know, an athlete after a Sixers game or after a Flyers game, you know, any kid, that's just the, the coolest thing. So, um yeah, you know, I'm not, you know, as active of, as I used to be when, uh, you know, as it comes to the card collecting. But, um, you know, with the Philly Spectrum Mass, obviously the memorabilia part of my uh, passion is still there. Of course, and it's, it's a complete, completely awesome piece, Paul. Yes. It really is. For sure. Um, but before we get to that, let's, um, for the viewers that may or may not know too much about the Philly Spectrum, can you give us a little background on, on, on what it is and, and how long it's been there and stuff like that? Or how long it was there? Sure. How long it was there? Yes. <laughs> sure. So the uh, the Spectrum opened up in 1967. It was the uh, the arena in Philadelphia to uh, be the home of the newest NHL franchise, the Philadelphia Flyers at the time, and also a house for uh, the Philadelphia Sixers, who already were in existence but didn't really have an arena of their own. Sweet, and then a lot of rock concerts there too, right? Bring a hockey team to the city of Philadelphia. Um, and then over the years, you know, aside from the Flyers and Sixers, it was home to, uh, you know, the NCAA Final Four. Um, you know, Christian Leitner's famous uh, buzzer beater for Duke was actually at the Spectrum. Um, WWF um, wrestling events, lacrosse events, uh, Harlem Globetrotters, you name it. And then, you know, eventually it got the nickname The House at Rockville because it became that, you know, amazing music venue that every single band wanted to play in. I mean, you know, it, it was Madison Square Garden and the Spectrum. Those were, you know, the two big arenas when it came to, uh, you know, concerts. So, um, yeah, so it was the home um, for all of that until uh, the Philadelphia decided that it was time to, uh, you know, bring a new arena into the city. And then that's when they built the uh, what is now the Wells Fargo Center. Um, so after um, four Pearl Jam shows in 2009, the Spectrum closed its doors uh, for good. And uh, over the course of the next, you know, year or so, they uh, started to demolish the arena. You know, we've all been in situations, Paul, where we see famous arenas like that get get tore down. But 
one with such a history like the Spectrum, it's a. I mean, like when Cowboy Stadium got knocked down here, or Texas Stadium got knocked down here, that was a big thing. I'm sure when RFK went down, that was a. It's still up. It's RFK it's still, still up. up. Yeah, I'm it's sorry. Because we keep our stadiums oh, in I Washington. See. So when, <laughs> when Philly, when the Spectrum went down, that that's uh, that's got to be a sad day. But so, what prompted you to want to obtain the S? From the building, I mean, and how did you get it? Was there an auction? Did you just walk up to the trash heap and pick it up? What happened? Sure. So, um, you know, when they were knocking down the Spectrum, they did have an auction um, where you can buy anything from the Spectrum. I mean, I'm not even kidding you. I went through the, you know, the online auction, and they had urinals that you could buy, which uh, was not something that I was interested in. So I'm a huge Grateful Dead fan, and the Grateful Dead sold the Spectrum out 53 times. So they had a banner at the, in the rafters along with, you know, all the, you know, Sixers championship, Flyers uh, championship banners, and then there's one for the Grateful Dead. So I was like, you know what, wonder what, you know, wonder what that's going for. Um, unfortunately, it was not for sale. The rumor is is that uh, the Grateful Dead had one of their roadies go up into the rafters um, during their last show, and they took it for their personal collection. Mm. So I saw that they were auctioning off the letters from the building. And, you know, everyone was buying seats at the time. They were selling pieces of the glass from the hockey rink and everything. I said, you know what? How cool would it be to, you know, when you see pictures of the Spectrum later, it's always going to be pictures of the building. And how cool would it be to point to the S and say, hey, I own the S from the side of the Spectrum. So I put a bid on it, you know, kind of, I, I really didn't think that I would win it. I thought, you know, I just wanted to see what someone would actually pay for it. And uh, a couple weeks later, I got an email that I won. It was just like, well, what am I going to do with a six-foot ass now? <laughs> so um, it, uh, you know, it kind of sat there in storage for a little while because, um, again, what do you really do with a six-foot ass except for maybe display it eventually? Um, and then, you know, Philadelphia really wasn't doing too much to preserve the memory of the spectrum. And, you know, that, that's unfortunate. I mean, like you said, the arenas that you guys just mentioned and the stadiums that you just mentioned, you know, when, when they go down, you know, so many memories are going down with that building. And I really wanted to be the person that kind of kept those memories alive. So um, I thought, you know what, I'm going to make the S the story of the spectrum. So I had a friend who was working for the Flyers at the time as the publicist, and she was able to get me into um, the Flyers Alumni Association is great. I mean, there's so many amazing events all the time. And they had an alumni hockey game. So I brought the S to the alumni game and got it signed by uh, Joe Watson, Bernie Perrant, Brian Propp, and um, Bob Kelly was also there at the time. And then I just kind of kept it going from there. And uh, it's really blossomed into an amazing, amazing project. All right. So you said this thing is six feet? It is. Okay. So how heavy is this, this S? So it's not that heavy because it's hollow. Oh, okay, um, it's okay. It's probably between like 70 and 75 pounds. It's just, you know, it, it, it's awkward to carry it. I mean, with all the curves and everything, there's really no easy way to get a grip on it. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine walking around with an S, I'm sure. So what are, the, what are the reactions of the people that you put this in front of to have them sign it? Sure. So in the beginning, um, it was a lot of, what the hell is this thing? Why am I signing a six-foot S? I mean, you know, all the athletes and bands, you know, they get pretty you know, random request over time, but I don't, I'm pretty sure that I'm the first that it's approached them with a six foot S. So in the beginning, you know, before it had that many signatures on it, um, you know, I pretty much had to explain what it was. And now it's, you know, when, when I bring it in front of them, they're like, what is this S with, you know, Steven Tyler's signature, Bernie Perrant, Dr. J, like, wh- what am I about to be a part of, you know? So it's really cool. And, you know, what's, what's really fun is, 
when I post pictures on the social media or now the website of, you know, these legends who have signed it, you know, the fans, all, you know, fans who spent their lives in the spectrum always react that, you know, I have this memory, that memory. But what's amazing is, you know, the spectrum was really special to, you know, the athletes and the bands and all the performers that performed there. And, you know, unfortunately, I didn't do it in the beginning. But what I've started to do is I've been taking videos of, you know, these people sharing their spectrum memories, too, mm-hmm. and posting it on the website. And it's just, it's so amazing to hear that, you know, you, you think that, you know, Steven Tyler or, you know, um, Butch Trucks from the Allman Brothers, you know, they've played thousands of arenas. And hearing how special it was for them to perform at the Spectrum, you know, as someone from Philadelphia who went to events at the Spectrum, I mean, it's, it's awesome. It's great to hear that that was something that people look forward to being a part of. And I'm, I'm sure that some of those stories are just amazing. I mean, because... I, I remember when I, I never went to the Spectrum. Not no, I've never, yeah, I've never but been either. I remember when it closed, and I remember that that you know Eddie Vedder for four days up there, and they finally closed the doors. And I remember how <laughs> how much of a big deal it was. So, um, it it's a it's an amazing piece to see online. And you, you're talking about these reactions that that these people give you. You know, what the hell is this? Why am I signing this? And then you explain it, and they tell you their story. So. Tell us who the who the actual first person was to sign the piece, and it, did it take much convincing after you explain it to him? Sure. So the first uh, to sign it was Joe Watson, uh, who was a member of the Flyers Broad Street Bullies, who won two Stanley Cups for Philadelphia back in the seventies. Um, and you know, it wasn't for him. It wasn't tough to convince. Um, like I said, I had a, a friend at the Flyers who helped set everything up. Um, but the fly, I mean hockey everything you hear about hockey players is so true i mean they are just like such amazing people such friendly people very approachable mm-hmm. and you know they all loved signing it they thought that it was the coolest thing once you know beginning it was difficult to get the bands because you know musicians are really only in town for a day maybe two days at most and you know they pretty much have a pretty book schedule um and you know in those two days they get so many requests so to you know get them to agree to sign something that's a little more difficult in the beginning especially. Um, so to be honest, in the beginning I kind of just brought it to the venue, tried to you know talk to whoever I could and you know get the attention. So the first band to sign it was the band Fish. Um, so Mike Gordon was the first musician to sign it, who was the who's the bass player for Fish, and then the rest of the members also signed it. And yeah, you know, that was like such an amazing experience. I'm a huge Fish fan. And Trey Anastasio, who's the lead guitarist for Fish, grew up in Princeton. And, you know, he I, I thought he was going to sign it, walk away. And he spent 20 minutes just telling all of his Spectrum memories. And what was really cool is um, the three other members of the band signed kind of towards the left side of the S. And he said, he's like, you know, did Reggie Leach ever sign this? And I said, yeah, he actually signed, you know, up here on the top right corner. He goes, listen, like... I know the rest of the band signed down here. He's like, can I sign it next to Reggie Leach? Like, he was my hero growing up. Like, I used to go to games with my dad just to watch Reggie Leach. And I was just like, I mean, I'm not going to tell you no. Of course, <laughs> sign wherever you want. You know, so it's just like, you know, it's, it's cool just to hear, like, stories like that, too. I mean, Trainer says you a fish, you know, not just the memories of him playing the spectrum as, you know, a member of fish, but also going there as a kid and, you know, how he went from someone in the stands to someone performing there and how special it was to him. So... It's really cool. That's fantastic. So who on this S is probably your favorite signature? My favorite signature? I get asked that question a lot, and it's so tough because, you know, sports and music is everything to me. 
So, you know, I've been lucky enough to really meet a lot of, you know, my heroes. Um, from a hockey standpoint, I'd probably say Ron Hetzel or Eric Lindros. I mean, you know, as a kid, I had posters of both of them on my wall. So to be able to meet them was just like the most amazing thing. And it's funny, when I met Ron Hextall, um, it was pretty early in the project. And it was the first time I've ever just froze. I, I couldn't even get words out because I was like, oh my God, it's Ron Hextall. Like I used to play goalie, you know, in street hockey so that I could be like Ron Hextall growing up. So um, I kind of embarrassed myself a little bit there with Hextall. Um, uh, when he walked over, I was, the only words I could get out were, will you sign my ass? <laughs> Which <laughs> wasn't really how I planned meeting Ron Hextall. But um, after that, it actually was funny because um we were at the Wells Fargo Center at the time, and we were um, Ed Snyder, who you know started the Flyers, um, and you know is the reason that the Spectrum existed. Um, and he signed the S, um, and we were going back up to the room. Um, it was an event. Uh, Ed Snyder flew all of the old Flyers from the '70s in, who were on the Stanley Cup team for um, the Flyers Wives Carnival that year because it was the 50th anniversary. So we were going back up, and we were on the elevators. Me, two of my buddies. The S was in there, and then Ron Hextall got on the elevator. And I was just like, "All right, you got to make up for it before." So I uh, I turned to him. I was like, "Listen, Ron, this is so cool. I'm on an elevator with Ron Hextall, you know, my childhood hero." I totally fanboyed it. Told him, you know, how I used to play street hockey, everything. So he's, you know, he was appreciative. He was really nice about it. And we got off the elevator. My buddies looked at me, and they're just like, "Dude, that was just the creepiest thing ever." So, <laughs> I, I kind of went over too with Ron Hextall on that one. <laughs> That's funny. But on the website, there's a there's a great picture of Steven Tyler signing this, and a it looks like the most uncomfortable thing he could ever possibly be wearing. Can you tell us about when Steven signed it? And like, he had a white suit on. I mean, that didn't look comfortable. What? How did that go go down? Sure. So Steven was actually playing at the Tower Theater. And I brought, I reached out to his manager. His manager said, you know, he doesn't really sign things for fans too much. And I was like, listen, like, you know, this isn't just anything. I'm going to the concert anyway. I'm going to bring the S and, you know, I'll try and catch him on his way out. So, um, that he signed it after, um, after the concert that night at the tower theater. And, um, it, it was, it's kind of, like I said, I've been taking videos of everyone sharing their Spectrum memories. And unfortunately, Steven Tyler and Aerosmith did not have great experiences at the Spectrum. Oh, no. So um, the first, one of the first times they played there, someone threw a cherry bomb on stage, which uh, hit both Steven Tyler and Joe Perry. They said that they would never play the Spectrum again. Of course, they played the Spectrum again because money talks. Right. And um, <laughs> the next time, someone threw a bottle on stage. So oh, not, not, not the best memory. So when I, you know, I started videoing and I said to him, you know, Stephen, do you have any, you know, what's your favorite memory from the Spectrum? I was hoping he wouldn't bring either of those two things up. And he goes, I don't know, maybe the time someone threw a cherry bomb at me. I was just like, <laughs> oh. I don't really know how to, uh, how to turn this one for the positive. So I was just like, you know. Really great to meet you. Glad to, you know, have you on Spectrum History now. And, you know, the video is on the website, phillyspectrums.com. But it's probably one of the more awkward ones that is up there. I'd recommend looking at the, you know, Eric Lindros. Or if you want to see a great memory, look, watch the uh, Butch Trucks video from the Allman Brothers. Uh, pretty sure I have the um, documentation as to why the Eagles lost the Super Bowl in 1980. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah, those videos are right at the bottom of the page. Uh, Eric Lindros, Butch Truck, Mike Quick, Harold Carmichael, Steven Tyler, they're all there. Uh, 
highlighted there, and then you can click to see more videos. It's a really cool website you got set up here. How long How long did it take you to get this set up and going, and what are your ultimate plans with this S, man? Um, so, I mean, the project's been going on. Um, I think I got the first signature maybe five years ago is when the, you know, getting the S sign started. Uh, the website I've been working on and finally published it uh, last month for you know, about a month or two. It took a, it's my first time putting a website together, so it took a little bit longer, but it was a fun experience. Um, so real quick, I mean, on the website, you can see uh, pictures of everyone who has signed broken down by, um, you know, flyers, sixers, musicians, uh, the executives, like I said, Ed Snyder, who started the flyers, he signed right in the middle of the S. And, you know, that was kind of one purpose. I had him sign right in the middle in white because, like I said, I wanted this to tell the story of the spectrum. And it all starts with Ed Snyder. So I wanted to make sure that was the first signature people saw because without him, none of those memories would have ever happened. And then kind of building the story around him. Um, and all the signatures are color-coded on there. My OCD kind of uh, paid off there. So all the flyers signed in orange, sixers in red, band signed in gold, um, miscellaneous in gray. Um, Jay Wright, head coach of Villanova, has signed the S. Um, so congratulations to Villanova, another Philadelphia championship this year. There you go. Um, so, yeah, um, so pictures and bios of everyone who has signed is on the website. All of the press um, that the project has gotten um, it's pretty incredible. I mean, the city of Philadelphia has really gotten behind the project. Uh, Comcast Sportsnet, uh, well, now NBC Sports, um, you know, the local radio shows, uh, newspapers, everyone has really, you know, gotten behind it and done different pieces on it. It's been really fun. I mean, it really speaks how passionate Philadelphia is about, you know, their buildings and their memories and their sports. Um, Videos, like you said, um, you could click and uh, there's a button for concert history. You can see every concert that ever happened at the Spectrum and then, um, you know, contact area as well. Um, but, yeah, moving forward, I do have some uh, fun plans for the uh, Spectrum S. Like I said, you know, it's really afforded me some amazing experiences and opportunities. I've met all of my heroes and idols. And, you know, it's been fun keeping the memories alive for my generation and the generation that came before me. Um, so I really want to use all of the context that I've um, made through the project, all the press and everything, to really give back to the city of Philadelphia and kind of, you know, use the spectrum memory to help the next generation. So I am in the process of setting the project up as a nonprofit. Um, the mission is to assist local youth in achieving their dreams to one day play in an arena like the Spectrum. So we'll be doing different fundraising events throughout the city to help rebuild some of the basketball courts and help fund some of the music programs so that, you know, through this project, I may be able to, you know, help, you know, get the next Dr. J on a basketball court or the next Eddie Vedder, like you said. Awesome. I'm looking at Diamond Dallas Page. Let's look, let's hope for the next Diamond Dallas Page in the ring. Cause there, there you go, <laughs> maybe. That's awesome. Hey, we've been talking a lot about this S. The one thing I, I want to ask real quick is, do we know how many signatures are actually on it? I don't think we've talked about that. So <laughs> there's actually 96 signatures on the S, but uh -huh. 95 different people. So like I said, Joe Watson was the first to sign it, mm -hmm. okay. but he also signed it again. It was, uh, he, he was at that event that I spoke about before um, for the 50th anniversary of the Stanley Cup teams, and Somehow, you know, I guess years of, you know, playing hockey and taking hits, I guess he forgot that he signed a six-foot S before. Um, <laughs> I wasn't, wasn't going to be the one to tell him not to. So uh, his, his signature is actually on there twice. 
That's so, little fun fact there. <laughs> there you go. That's fantastic, that is, man. This is a fantastic piece, man, and it's it's really cool to see. Again, go check out his website. It's called uh, www.phillyspectrums.com. It's just go check out the history because he's got it all laid out for you very, very well. He's got the full concert history, uh, pictures of, of people signing this thing, and it's a it's a giant six foot S. I get that, but it's a damn cool piece. It is, man. <laughs> it is a it is yeah, definitely super collector worthy. Definitely super collector worthy. All right, man. Thanks. We are up against it. We gotta get out of here. But before we go, can you again let our listeners know where to uh, follow you on social media and again give them the website and uh, anything they need to know about this nonprofit? Sure. So, um, like you said, it's phillyspectrumess.com. Um, it's also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The Twitter I try to every day put a uh, you know a tweet out there this day in uh, Spectrum concert history, and I'll post you know all the concerts that happened today, you know April 18th in Spectrum history. So it's you know another fun way for people to say you know hey I was at that concert. You know again just keeping those memories alive, and um, more information around the nonprofit will be uh, on the website. Um, once everything is set up, we are in the process of uh, setting up the corporation and getting the uh, nonprofit status. So hopefully, in the next you know two to three months, that'll be up and running. And you know, I'm really I'm really excited about that. It's really something special to me, being someone that grew up in Philadelphia, to be able to take some you know a fun project, you know what was fun for me, and now use it to you know help that next generation and help other kids achieve their dreams. So. Really exciting stuff. Looking forward to it. That's very important. Paul and I always talk about getting kids back involved in the hobby. Right. But uh, providing kids opportunities to succeed and become something is, is a great, great thing to get behind, too. So, for, Without a doubt. So, sir, well done. Awesome job. Thank you for joining us. And you are welcome back anytime you want to talk about that, okay? Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, sir. Great day. Hi, this is Matt Salmon, host of the Wax Ecstatic Podcast. You are listening to Beckett Radio, and hey, make sure you've got fat packs for everybody. All right, guys, back to back. Ryan McMahon and Andrew K with a Philly Spectrum S. Pretty good, pretty not good. Bad I'd say. Not bad at all, man. Not, not bad at all. Not, not, no, not at all, man. What a <laughs> great. Uh, it's always great to sit down and talk to these young guys that are playing sports, man, and uh, just to get to know them a little bit different than other just watching them on TV. So that was awesome. Hanging out with Ryan, and then obviously the S man. That's yeah. uh, that's amazing, man. Mentioned there uh, uh, with Andrew, there was a few hiccups in the audio. His phone was cutting out. It did, yes. Uh, so sorry about that, but you didn't miss anything. We got the whole thing yeah, there. We got, got it in there. We're so, good. Uh, sorry about that. Um, also, he wanted me to mention that if you guys had any leads on anybody who played the Spectrum, um, please email him at Andrew at phillyspectrums.com uh, for any leads. He's really chasing Grateful Dead guys, uh, Billy Joe, Bruce Springsteen, and basically anybody like that. Okay. So uh, okay. go check him out again, uh, phillyspectrums.com. You can email Andrew at andrew at phillyspectrums.com, and uh, he will be very grateful for the help. Yes, help help him get over 100 signatures. Yeah, help him get It's not far. Not far at all. Not far at all. Not far at all. That was, man, that's a really cool piece. I, want, I just want to break that down with you, here because you know obviously we heard him talk about it but right, right. It, first of all it's six foot it's taller than me it's taller than you and if you if you look <laughs> at the pictures uh on the on his website he's he's got to carry it around in this truck everywhere it takes up the whole bed of his truck yeah 
this is it's a really unique piece. Now he said it was only seventy five pounds because it was right. hollow or whatever. Right. But still, I still can't imagine standing in line at like an autograph venue or sure. like any venue. I think I would be taken back if I was a superstar and some guy was chasing me with an S. Right. <laughs> it's really <laughs> you signed my S. So in our studio right now, I'm looking at two chairs from the old Mile High Stadium that are, are sitting here. They're very uncomfortable. <laughs> But they're that Broncos orange. Uh, Tracy Hackler, anytime you want to come pick up your chairs, you can come do that because I don't want them in here anymore. <laughs> but they're taking up space. They're huh? taking up space. I got stuff to put in here. I got an S I got to find and put in here. But can you imagine? Like, So say all right, RFK does get torn okay. down. Right, would right. you would you bid on anything from RFK? And would something move you to bid, to I bid on know, that? Man. I, I don't know, man. I mean, some of the memories I have are like, Jumping up and down like the benches actually moved yeah. up and down like sure. the seats did. Sure. So I mean, having a bench like that would be cool. But then if you had the bench, it's not going to go up and down. You know what I mean? Right, like it's right. just going to be flat. I don't know, man. I, I was thinking about that. You know, talking to him about the RF and the K. Like if I'd want to get one of those or whatever. I don't know. I don't know, it's man. Really? I mean, I. You know what? You know that I hate the term man cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really do, but. It, it, something like that screams man cave, right? It does, and it runs in my family. My dad was at the last Senators game when okay. uh, at Griffin Stadium, and he, they were just ripping that place to shreds. Really? And my dad <laughs> took all kinds of stuff out of there, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Dad, throwing you out there. But, yeah, no, they, they took all kinds of stuff, him and his buddy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I, you know, I could see that. It's cool. He was saying that, and I've heard, he's not the only person I've heard say this, but Andrew was saying that, you know, people were bidding on urinals and, and you know, I don't think I want any bathroom fixtures or anything. But no, I'm good on that. But hey, does that hot dog machine still work? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think this this piece, this S, is really unique. And uh, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not so attached to any team or anything that I think I would want something. But like, if they ever tore down AT and T Stadium, mm-hmm. I might want the A. You know, it, maybe so. Maybe the T and the T, the whole thing. But, <laughs> but it, it's, I don't know, it's just cool to me. Uh, and what he's done with it, now turning into a nonprofit, and then getting all these signatures and people sharing his memories. He's done a really good job of cultivating this 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 culture of, of carrying on the the legacy of the Philly Spectrum. So. And it kind of happened by happen chance because yeah. he went to this thing to get a Grateful Dead poster right, or, right. or sign or something. And all of a sudden, he, it was like, boom, he saw it, and then everything went from there. So Right. That's pretty cool. So this is a really cool piece. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview because we certainly did. And check out his website for sure. Yeah, go check out his website, uh, phillyspectrumass.com. All right. So, Paul, uh, we've got some other stuff to get into, but you had a quick animal story. An animal oh, yeah. We'll just, story. we'll just do this one quick. I just it, It's more laughable than, than anything else. But I was going through here, and, you know, the weather on the East Coast has been <laughs> bismal <Yeah>. <laughs> lately. <laughs> And in this headline, it's uh, it's, it's I think it's called well, weird news, and it is kind of weird. Puxatani Phil wanted by police for bad weather forecasting. <laughs> That's funny. So basically, and I'll just paraphrase this: Moreau County is where Puxatani Phil lives, and he came out, you know, like on Groundhog Day and did his whole. It's only six weeks till spring. Well, they still got snow coming down, <laughs> right? And, uh, in uh, Phil, in uh, the Pennsylvania area, so they've gone out, and the sheriff's department actually put together a mock-up of a um, wanted type thing in its description of uh, of the groundhog. Uh, length twenty-two inches, date of birth five one two thousand ten. Hair brown, eyes brown, weighs twenty pounds. <laughs> you know, they went through the whole extent of it. Please call so and so if you've seen him. So apparently, Puxatani Phil's in a little bit of a 
There's a little bit of deep snow up there. Deep snow. For uh, have you ever seen Groundhog Day? Have you have you seen? I've seen thing? parts of Groundhog Day. Oh, you gotta see Groundhog Day, man. Sorry, man. You gotta I've seen see Groundhog it. Day. I've seen Puxatawney Phil. Yeah. Yeah. You weren't too far from there, were you? When no, you lived, no, not too far. So did you ever? He go was never right. I don't understand why people are <laughs> like upset now. Like, but what I don't understand is like, so they're going after this poor groundhog, right? Sure. Why don't they go after the darn weatherman every day that broadcasts on on the news? Because they don't get it right either. So, um, yeah, poor groundhog. Ah, you anyway, know. Hopefully they won't catch him. Hopefully he'll be uh, quick enough to stay away. Quick enough to stay away. All right, let's look at our 30 teams, 30 weeks from Topps Beckett Co. Project. Uh, last week we broke down the Tampa Bay Rays. This week we move on to team number 29, the Florida slash Miami Marlins. Miami Marlins. Who has won a World Series? They won two World Series, right? Yeah, which is right, which is one I can say about my team lately. So, yeah. Um, yeah, let's break them down. Let's, let's read this here. Number 29, the next team in our leg- legendary lineups countdown is the Miami Marlins. Originally known as the Florida Marlins, the franchise has been one of the most up-and-down clubs in baseball history. They won both the 1997 and the 2003 World Series titles, but both of those titles were followed by a fire sale of all their star players. What followed those triumphs were years of struggle and mediocrity. They just completed their last fire sale this past season. God, did they ever. Gosh, did this they. past offseason by unloading Giancarlo Stanton, Christian Yelich, and uh, Marcel Ozuna and others. So their legendary lineup features several players who also starred on other teams, including Miguel Cabrera, Derek Lee, Mike Stanton, and Rob Nin. Mm. Did we leave anyone out? Let us know on Twitter and Facebook. Okay, here we go. I think this – so we're going to start with the starting pitcher. Okay. They they nailed this on the head because when I think Florida Marlins starting pitchers, Miami Marlins starting pitchers, this is the first name that I come up with, Dontrell Willis. Oh yeah, man, taking it back. Yes, you're right. I I can go with that. Dontrell Willis, number one. I can go with that. That's good stuff. Catcher now, catcher. I know why they did this. I, again, Paul and I had nothing to do with this lineup. No, we, yeah, we just, uh, we're just talking about it. I, I know why they did this because you can't put you you can't put Pudge here. No, you can't. And you can't put Piazza here. No, you can't. Uh, because they're both on other teams that had more of a legacy. Yes, yes, for sure. But Charles Johnson. Okay, you remember Charles Johnson? Yeah, I remember Charles Johnson, but he was there in the beginning. Yeah, he was. He was a, he was a USA guy. Yep. Played on the USA team. Um, yeah, that's cool. I, I'm down with that. I like it, too. Can, All right. I can dig that. Derek Lee here at first base. Okay. I don't, I don't really have a problem with that. Um, no, I mean, they don't have too many ways to go with that. Yeah. So, yeah. Luis Castillo at second base. Yeah, I agree with that. Some people say that he could possibly be the all-time one of the all-time favorites down there he's definitely a fan favorite okay all right Luis Castillo so um yeah I mean he I don't think anybody um I think he's played the most games as a Marlin oh really yeah I think he has okay so I think that has you know something to do with his popularity third base Miguel Cabrera I would have argued Mike Lowe but yeah it's it's tough um yeah that's a tough one man because it's nice to have you know Mike Lowe was not the the superstar that Cabrera is right yeah it's a tough one Hanley Ramirez at shortstop. Yeah, that's, that's a given. He, that's a given. He, yeah, right? That's a given. Yeah, for sure. 
Jeff Conine in left field. Okay. Yeah. Jeff Conine taking it back, man. What's an Oriole? Juan Pierre in center field. Probably the <laughs> fastest dude I've ever seen play. Him or Kenny, Kenny Lofton. Yeah, he was he was pretty fast. And um, yeah, I mean, I think he was there on at least one of their championship yeah. teams. Oh three. Yeah, 03. he was there in oh three. So that's... he hit three thirty three for the for the oh three World Series champions. There you go. Perfect. Uh, Jean Carlo, don't call me Mike Stanton. Don't call me Mike Stanton. Yeah, that's a given, yep. right? Yep. He, he I, I've told the story before. I won't, I won't recount the whole thing. But he hit the longest home run I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. You told that story. <laughs> uh, oh, Michael O here as as the utility player. Ah, oh, there you go. So see, he got some love. I get, I guess, yeah. I would have had him at third, but okay. I see what they did there. And relief pitcher Rob Nin. Okay. Nin had two saves in the 1997 World Series for the Marlins. Cementing his legacy in the hearts of fans. His career would really take off when he went to the Giants. That's where I remember him most from. Mm. Where he was selected for three all-star teams. This Topps gold card from Nin's first year with the Marlins features a home plate shaped frame on the bottom of the photo. I got it. Okay. okay. I got All you right. there. I got you. Rob Nin. I don't know, okay. All right. I, I, I think they did a good job. Who are... Uh, Who's, who did this? John and Scott and, and Wait, is uh, that everybody? That's everybody. That's Man, the whole you know team. who you know you know who, who who got snubbed? I think who got snubbed? Cliff Floyd, maybe. <sighs> maybe I remember. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe. I guess he could be there. I think he was very overhyped. Maybe I think so. yeah, I think he was overhyped, and I think that he was. Um, he just he just didn't live up to it. it well, maybe that's true. That's true. I guess he'd maybe honorable mention. Maybe honorable mention. Right I, there with like Preston Wilson and LeVon yeah. Hernandez. Pre- Preston Wilson <laughs> and LeVon Hernandez both are, I think they're they're missing from this. But uh, I don't know about Cliff Floyd. I remember him with the Mets too. Like, I do. I do. You know. But, all right. Well, dude. Yeah. I guess, at least they didn't put Bobby Bonilla on here, right? <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> Fat Bobby Bonilla. Oh, yeah. <laughs> mercy. All right, so uh, we're two for two on the 30 for 30s. Indeed. Uh, we're, we're making that work. There's no bin. There's no bin. There has not been any. There's no bin. There's no bin. No there bin. has not been any glaring deficiencies yet. So, no, uh, we're good. We're those good. guys are, are still doing good. All right. We have uh, 28 what, next week? Team 28. Team 28 next week. All right, good deal. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who it is. I uh, want to mention here, since we're talking baseball, a couple of things. First, go check out our new uh, our new podcast series called Props. It is myself and John Finkel. Our the first episode is out. It's a full and complete breakdown of Major League. So uh, it's a fun one. I said a curse word in there again. I felt <laughs> I felt bad when I said it because it's a it's one of the harder curse words that I oh. typically wouldn't say. Right, right. But I You're said quoting it, the line. I was quoting the line, and I just want people to know that I'm sorry. I wasn't cursing just to be cursing. It was part of the line. It's part of the line. All right. Uh, also, a big, huge, fat shout-out, a fat-pack shout-out to our man, Bartolo Colon, <laughs> working this week. Had a perfect game into the seventh, and he walked. Uh, oh, I forget who he walked, and he lost it after that. But uh, dude is 45 years old. He'll be 45 this month. Yep. He is older than six current active major league managers right now. I'm just shaking my head. I know you can't see that on the radio, but I'm just shaking my head because that dude, man, and, you know, obviously being in Ranger country, to listen to the guys like, I don't know if he should be in the starting lineup. I don't know if he should be. Dude, you guys can't win anything. Right. Leave the man out there. Right. Give him a chance. And uh, props to to Robinson Chirinos for that game. Um, 
that that was all that was mostly Torino's in his his framing that mm-hmm. he and his work. And that just goes to show you don't need nine different pitches. You need one good pitch and have some movement on it. And a good catcher knows how to frame the ball. Exactly. You're good. <laughs> there you go. That's it. So that's it. That yeah. was fun to watch. And at this point, you know, at this point, I would imagine, you know, some, you know, you talk to athletes and whatever, and they have that little bit of nervous twitch or whatever. I would imagine all that's gone for him. It's oh, just, yeah. You know, he's been playing so long. Right. He's done it so many times that he goes out there like it's like it's whatever, you know. He goes out. He's like, just give me the ball and let me pitch it and I'll, then throw it back and I'll pitch it. And I'm going to pitch it again. <laughs> yeah. and I'm going to throw it again. And I'm gonna, yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's good to watch. It's it, fun it, to watch. It's fun to watch. All right. Let's get into some of these Fat Packs polls. Paul, first one. Yes. Bring it on. I think that you and I have might have a different perspective on the on the answer here. Really? Yeah. Do you think odds have any bearing on value anymore, or do they just not matter? So, fifty one percent said yes, they matter. Forty nine percent say no, they do not matter. I am going to go on the record here and say no, they do not matter. Uh, <laughs> I know that they're supposed to, but I'm telling you when I when I price cards in our database, they don't matter unless it's something like. Ex- Extremely rare. What do you think, buddy? I think fifty-one percent is a, is a good is right where it should be. You think so? To be okay. honest with you, because there are, and I'll use it doesn't happen so much in, in football as it does in basketball. But there's some there's some case hits. Sure. Um, you know the odds are one in every however many packs that sure. is in, in said case. Um, that do really, 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 really well. Sure, like the kaboom stuff the or booms, yeah, yeah. the galactics. There's some aurora inserts that do real well. Um, there's the downtowns that done have done well. Um, so those kind of things do really, really well. Then there's some other ones that come out that are case hits, like um, that just don't do that well for a case hit. Like, mm-hmm. and we'll, I'll use an example for uh, for Donruss this year and last year. They did those whammies, mm-hmm. and they were case hits. The problem with them is their checklist is a four. Okay. So it's not like 30. Sure. So like you're getting one of four players. They're all good players. So you're not – there's no like – there's no like, oh, I didn't get a very good player. Oh, that's going to make the Mike Trout worth more. Sure. You know, a Mike Trout case hit should probably be worth more than 30, 40 bucks. Right. You know, and I think that that to where, you know, the basketball ones, you pull that LeBron Galactic, you know, it's not even his rookie year or whatever, but it's four, five, six hundred $600. Sure. It's, you know, and Trout should be just the same, but the, it's not. So I think it just depends on the way the product's put together um, and what their goal is, you know, and what the checklist is. So there's a lot of factors to it. That's why I think 51% is right. I know for you mm-hmm. in hockey, I know we've opened up some stuff on, on, on online and uh, just, yeah, you get the case hit, you're like all excited, and you go back, it's like $12. Sure. You know, and that can be a little... Uh, a little disappointing, but then you know the the card numbered out of nineteen ninety nine, mm-hmm. you know, is worth fifty dollars. So right, yeah, it. it I, I see where they're at. It's pretty split on that. Fat packs poll. At a card show, do you have more fun searching through a dime box or looking at the showcases? Dime man, yeah, dime man. I love going through the cheapo stuff, just looking for that person that the other t- the other guy missed. Sure, you know, that diamond in a rough type thing. Um, this is a lot of fun. Yeah. I like going through there. I like, um, it's the hunt, man. It's like, it's, uh, you know, you open up packs, you're hunting for something, right? So sure. it kind of gives me that almost that same feeling, but it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. So, it's a whole lot, <laughs> a lot cheaper. cheaper. Right? <laughs> so this one got 60, 40 dime boxes, uh, won that one. Uh, and it's all the same trying to discover the hidden gems and dime boxes are cool, but almost anything I really want, but I'm sorry. The dime boxes are cool, but almost anything I really want cannot be a found in a dime box. 
the stuff in the showcases is what drew me back in. All right. Uh, I follow that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Depends if I'm looking for singles or something a little higher end. Definitely more satisfying to find cards. I need slash want and <laughs> want the dime boxes, though. Uh, Kelsey, what's up, Kelsey? Uh, you just had a new baby. I bet you'd be going through those dime boxes a little bit more, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I like the showcases. The dime boxes I've seen, ever seen, the only dime boxes I've ever seen were at the National, which... Okay. There's tons of them. Uh, and they just felt overwhelming. I guess they can be when there's that, that much of it. Yeah, they can be. And I guess I'm more like, I mean, I, I guess a dime, I, I look at like, I don't necessarily go dime box, the dime box, quarter box. box, quarter box. box. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm a little higher on the on the, on the the scale than a dime box. But, um, yeah, man, but that's why, you know, a lot of those guys that have them, they got the chairs on the other side. Sure. Most of the time, nine times out of ten, those guys are personable. You can sit there and kind of chat with, with them, them yeah. and talk to them, and you're just flipping through stuff, and you got time to kill, and... You know, I think it's just part of the experience of being around cards and the community and the and what it, and what it's all about. Sure, sure. So, I mean, yeah, it's cool to look at the thousands and thousands of dollars in the showcase, but you know, uh, this was the last one. The last one that we'll get to from last week, okay. uh, Friday the thirteenth. Ah, Fat Packs Pro, are you buying into the Shohei Otani hype? Or are you going to wait for the market to cool off first? All right. Well, first of all, I think I should probably apologize because I think I ripped him pretty hard a couple <laughs> <laughs> during a couple shows during spring training. He just was not doing anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I just I don't know if I even thought about it. I, I read an article about the differences between ball in Japan and ball here. Sure. You know, the balls are even a little bit different. Um, the field, everything's different. You don't play in front of so many people. And mm-hmm. There's just so many different aspects to it, and I think that was just all playing with him. And then he was trying to get himself settled and, and you know all that stuff. So. I think what we saw in spring training was not was not Otani, right? You know, I think what we saw those first couple the, the first couple starts, the first couple of bats, you know, having getting the two wins and the three or four home runs right off the bat. Sure, I think we're going to see more on that side of him. Um, now he did lose the other night to the Red Sox, but like we were talking off air, Red Sox are like one of the best teams in baseball right now. So okay, he lost to the Red Sox. You know, mm-hmm. I, I'm okay with that. He's not going to win all 30 starts he has. So, right, uh, I'm okay with that. So, but I look to him to have 15 plus wins and. I don't know, man. Maybe 30 home runs at this point. So that question, that poll ended with like 71 volts. And 62% said that they're waiting to strike on, on Otani. And a lot waiting. of 38, 38% say they're buying now. So okay. it'd be interesting to see how the market fluctuates out and see what happens. All right. Uh, I lied because I, I brought up, I saw, I saw I had one more up here. All right, all right, all right. Um, Fat Packs poll. It appears that the NFL color rush uniforms are lo- no longer going to be used as part of the uh, Thursday night football presentation. Amen. So, <laughs> are you a fan of the color rush uniforms or nah? So, 53% say my eyes, my eyes, and 47% say they're cool. What do you think, Paul? You don't like them, clearly? <sighs> Man, I just think it's, it's because a- your team has mustard yellow color. Well, no, no, not even that. I mean, I like them. They're okay. I I think it's just Listen, guys. This is this is my this is my whole thing. I'm going to go on soapbox for about 30 seconds here. The NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Billions upon billions of dollars sure. industry, right? Why? Why do we need a Thursday night money grab? Because that's all it is. Yeah. They're putting these jerseys out there for these collectors and these whoever. They go, oh, I gotta get the, I gotta get the neon green Russell Wilson jersey, and I gotta have the blue one and the gray one and the purple one and whatever other colors they give Seattle up there. Um, I just think it's a money grab that's unnecessary by. Uh, industry that has plenty of money. All right. There you go. I see where you're going. All right. That's so I then went. I asked one more today, 
and uh, we'll give you the final results on it next week. But we'll just where it's at right now. Okay. Fat Packs poll, which quarterback in this year's NFL draft do you think will be the most collectible in the 2018 season? Uh, Josh Rosen with 15% right now, Sam Darnold at 24 Baker Mayfield with 50%, and Lamar Jackson with 11%. I know that this all pans out to where, where they're going to get picked, uh, what team they're going to play for, and stuff like that. But right now, as we sit, I think my vote would go to Baker Mayfield because I think he's the most polarizing. But that's just me. I've been on Baker Mayfield's jock for a while now. Rosen. Rosen? You think Rosen? Yeah. Where's he, where's he rumored to go right now? The new rumor? Yeah. As of today? Yeah. Patriots. The Patriots. I heard that this morning, too. Yeah. I like that. I mean, yeah. if you're talking about, if you're going to talk about, now Baker Mayfield, I'm not saying anything about Baker Mayfield. Those cards are going to come out. They're going to be $100 or mm-hmm. whatever they're going to be. And then some of them are already. But we see what the Patriots can do to the card industry. So if Rosen sure. becomes the behind guy for Brady and the sure. next Jimmy G or whoever, mm-hmm. his cards are going to be very, very collectible and very sought after. And yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. So there you go. Josh Rosen. There you are. All right, guys. I think that's that's about it. I hope you're enjoying the uh, the by the numbers pieces. I'm having fun doing those. Um, those are fun. I got a little I got a little hate mail about the Bradley Beal one the other day. Did you really? Yeah, I did. Why? I don't know, man. They just uh, just thought it was a waste to put a wizard up there, so I had to I had to set them straight. They think I, they think I played Homer on that one. You have you have nothing to do with these. I know. That's <laughs> why I know. I know. But I think they think I played Homer on that one. That's ridiculous. The stats, the stat, right? The numbers, yeah, the numbers right. don't something. Right? I'm, I'm going all, I'm going all Wizards next week. There you go. Every, every, you know what? Everyone's gonna be a Wizard because f you. Yep. I mean, f you. Forget no, you. Kidding. Yeah, forget you. Ole. Ole. Yep. Now, now that I know it's Ole, I'm definitely. <laughs> 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 he's like, why well, don't no Donovan Mitchell up there? I was like, because he sucks. I mean, he doesn't suck, but he hasn't done anything yet. Okay, last thing. <laughs> last thing. I want to give a shout-out to all 20 people that got into our Kobe Bryant giveaway. 20? 20. Wow. Somebody's going Is to it win. over? It's not over. It's, it's not so over. It, it's it's going to run the length of the NBA playoffs. Okay. Okay? But all 20 people who got in on it, and I posted it in four different places. Thanks a lot, guys. I, I'm serious. I, I'm being dead serious. I really appreciate that because at least I know that – you guys are it's somebody wants it, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Kobe Bryant, number to ten yeah. auto. So we got a we got a we got a message yesterday on uh, on Facebook Messenger about, hey, can I buy that Kobe? Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, yeah, bro, you should. We're we're doing a giveaway with this. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to tell you this. But That's funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's ridiculous. All right, last Good thing. Stuff, man. Last thing, last. Uh, Joe Montana, if you guys are going to be at the uh, Fan Expo up in Toronto in just a few weeks, uh, the Sports Card Memorabilia and Expo, they have a thing now that I've seen for other players, but this is the first time I'm going to see it live, to catch a pass from Joe Montana. What? Yeah. I don't, you can what? go. You can go check out the pricing and everything from it, but Joe Montana will throw you an autographed football and you, you catch it, and it's yours. What? Yeah. Dude, you shouldn't have told me that. You're going to do it now? <laughs> I'm thinking about it, man. Why not, man? That would be so cool. That's, I mean, I'm not even a Niners fan yeah. or really a Montana fan, but he's like, you know. It says, catch a pass, keep the football with an autograph, and get a photo op. So. Boom, man. Boom. 
Wow. I'll see you in Toronto, buddy. <laughs> yeah, man, that's going to be uh, cool. We got our tickets yesterday. Yeah, I got our tickets yesterday. I'm starting to get a little hyped about that. Eh? We're ready to go. I am ready for some chicken pad thai. You were ready for chicken pad thai. I just don't want any snow. No, all right. It's probably going to snow. This groundhog better get it right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks for hanging out this week. And until next week, just keep listening. Cue the Jericho. Mission control, it's stories to be told. Foes decode these remotes. Broke down, but this behold. The illest from CO. Deep through the keyhole to see this one light. Leeches lurking in the darkness, won't leave living tonight. Punchline for fist fight, we cause they heads ain't fed right. How can you see my brother with no perspective of sight? Can't do good and live right. Kick snares and high hats, they be they get right. Here they give the blind sight. What? Me and my people just might tonight. Alright. Me and my people just might. Me and my people just